This is video podcast 45 from learningradiology.com, Fractures and Dislocations of the Knee, Part 2. Hello, I'm William Herring from Albert Einstein Medical Center in Philadelphia. In this podcast, we're going to look at patellar fractures, fractures of the tibial plateaus, osteochondral fractures, bony clues to soft tissue injuries, and there'll be a mini quiz at the end. In the first game of the 2008 football season, New England Patriots quarterback Tom Brady suffered a season-ending knee injury that you saw here. The triad of injuries that occur around the knee in athletes include injuries to the anterior cruciate ligaments, to the medial collateral ligament, and to the medial meniscus. Patellar fractures. A bipartite patella is not a fracture. It's an anomaly that is common. It involves a separate ossification center that is almost always in the upper outer pole of the patella. It occurs more often in males. It is bilateral about 50% of the time. And the edges of the bony fragment are smooth and well corticated. This is an example of a bipartite patella. You can see that the bony fragment is well corticated, it's smooth, and it occurs in the upper outer aspect of the patella. Patellar fractures occur either as a result of direct blows to the patella or indirect trauma. Direct blows produce comminuted fractures usually, and there is frequently damage to the articular cartilage. Indirect fractures come from avulsion-type injuries, such as secondary to jumping, and the articular cartilage tends to be spared. Most patellar fractures are transverse. This is an example of a patellar fracture we see on the lateral view of the knee. It is a non-distracted transverse fracture of the patella, and the patient also has a suprapatellar effusion. This is an example of a patellar fracture which is distracted. The red arrow is pointing to the superior pole of the patella, which has been pulled cephalad by the quadriceps tendon, and the white arrow is pointing to the inferior pole of the patella, which has been pulled caudad by the pole of the patellar tendon. In this example, the patellar tendon has produced an avulsion from both the inferior aspect of the patella, shown by the red arrow, and from the anterior tibial tubercle on which it inserts. Tibial plateau fractures. They are the most common fractures of the proximal tibia. The lateral tibial plateau fractures more often than the medial. They usually occur from a compressive force that is produced by the femoral condyles, such as in a fall from a height or after contact with a car bumper. There is frequently an injury to the opposite collateral ligament. This is an example of a fracture of the lateral tibial plateau. The red arrow is pointing to the slightly depressed fracture. The black arrow is pointing to the normal position of the medial tibial plateau. The force was downward by the lateral condyle of the femur in this patient who was in an automobile accident. This is an example of a fracture of the medial tibial plateau. The red arrow is pointing to a slightly depressed fracture, which occurred because of a downward compressive force by the medial femoral condyle. 
Osteochondral injuries include osteochondral fractures, osteochondritis dissecans, and spontaneous osteonecrosis. This group comprises a confusing and controversial group of injuries on which there is no uniform agreement as to how they occur or whether they all exist as separate entities. Differential diagnosis requires history, including the age of the patient, of course the location of the lesion, and their imaging appearance. Osteochondral fractures are usually acute and are sports-related injuries. There is usually severe pain and tenderness that accompanies the actual fracture. They may involve the cartilage only or the cartilage and bone. The femoral condyles, tibial plateaus, and patella are most often involved. They may be the cause of a loose fragment, and they are very similar in appearance to osteochondritis dissecans. This is a frontal view of the knee in a 13-year-old male who had an, the acute onset of severe pain, and you can see that there is a defect on the medial femoral condyle. On the T1-weighted MRI of the knee in the coronal projection, we see the edema of the medial femoral condyle, and we see the low signal intensity of the subchondral fracture. On the T2-weighted image, again, we see the edema. This time, it has increased signal and the decreased signal of the subchondral fracture. These are the sagittal views of the same patient. On the T1-weighted image, the yellow arrow is pointing to the subchondral fracture. On the T2-weighted image, the red arrow to the bone edema and the yellow arrow to the subchondral fracture. Osteochondritis dissecans is relatively common. It occurs in adolescent and young adult males usually. It is a more chronic injury than osteochondral fractures. It can affect the cartilage or the cartilage and bone. It usually classically occurs on the lateral aspect of the medial femoral condyle, which is the non-weight-bearing aspect of the medial femoral condyle. Osteochondritis dissecans is the most common cause of a loose body. If there is an unstable fragment, it almost always requires surgery. This is a 31-year-old male who had chronic pain of a mild nature in the left knee, and we can see that there is a semilunar lytic defect in the lateral aspect of the medial femoral condyle, which is the non-weight-bearing surface. This is a T1 and T2 weighted image of a patient with osteochondritis dissecans. On the T1 weighted image, you can see the ovoid fragment and the area of low signal intensity to which the yellow arrow is pointing represents some of the subchondral infraction. The T2 weighted image, we can see an ovoid fragment clearly. Spontaneous osteonecrosis, or SONC, is a form of insufficiency fracture. It tends to occur in older adults in their 50s and 60s. It usually is heralded by the acute onset of pain, and it usually occurs on the weight-bearing surface of the medial femoral condyle, unlike classic osteochondritis dissecans. This is a frontal view of a knee in a 47-year-old who had the acute onset of pain, and we can see that there is a defect on the weight-bearing surface of the medial femoral condyle.
MRI shows bone edema on the T1-weighted image with low signal intensity in the medial femoral condyle and the subchondral fracture. On the T2-weighted image, there is flattening of the medial femoral condyle on its weight-bearing surface and associated edema of the medial femoral condyle. So if we look at a grid to compare these three osteochondral injuries, osteochondral fractures tend to be acute in onset. They occur in younger, athletic individuals, and they occur on the femur, tibia, and patella. Osteochondritis dissecans tends to be more chronic. It occurs in adolescents, especially males, and classically it occurs on the non-weight-bearing surface of the medial femoral condyle. Spontaneous osteonecrosis is acute in onset. It tends to occur in older adults, and it occurs on the weight-bearing surface of the medial femoral condyle. Just as there are soft tissue clues to underlying bony injuries, there are bony clues to soft tissue injuries around the knee. These include avulsion of the intercondylar eminence, a segund fracture, and avulsion of the proximal posterior tibia. This is an example of an avulsion of the intercondylar eminence, which is associated with tears of the anterior cruciate ligament. The frontal view shows the avulsion fracture of the intercondylar eminence, the red arrow, and on this stress view, we can see marked widening of the medial joint space, plus there is distraction of the tibial spines, indicating that there's a tear of the medial collateral ligament. These tend to occur in bicycle and motorcycle accidents. Another bony clue to an underlying injury is a Sagun fracture, which is an avulsion fracture of the lateral border of the proximal tibia. These are associated almost 100% of the time with tears of the anterior cruciate ligament and 75% of the time with injuries to the medial meniscus. Another bony clue is avulsion of the posterior aspect of the proximal tibia to which the red arrow is pointing. This is the site of insertion of the posterior cruciate ligament and there is frequent association of injury to the posterior cruciate ligament when this avulsion is present. In podcast 44 and 45 we learned some of the relevant anatomy of the knee, soft tissue clues to knee injuries, fractures of the distal femur, patella fractures, fractures of the tibial plateaus, osteochondral injuries, and bony clues to soft tissue injury. Now it's time for your mini quiz. Be ready to pause your mp3 player or computer. This is a 42-year-old with acute shooting pain in the knee. What do you see? Well, in the lateral view in particular, you can see there is a bullet in the posteromedial aspect of the upper calf. The blue arrow is pointing to an open or compound fracture of the tibia, and the white arrow and red arrow are pointing to the presence of not only a lipohemarthrosis, but air in the joint space as a result of the open fracture. This is a 34-year-old male with chronic knee pain, what do you see? 
The red arrow is pointing to a bony defect containing a fragment on the non-weight bearing surface of the medial femoral condyle in a patient with osteochondritis dissecans.